the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores. This is going to run it all the way back. Auburn's going to win the football game. NIL, which is short for Name, Image, and Podcast. And the watch this is thank you to NIL. Quarterback, he makes the read. And what do you know, guys? It's an orgy in the end zone. Week one in the books. At Wayton. I mean, I guess there's week zero as well, but you know what I mean. Week one officially in the books. Uh, what a fun weekend it was, just overall, just in general. It just felt great to be back. And and I, I, I tweeted it out. There's something about being in college football season that, yeah, granted, it was a, it was a shorter week. You know, we had Monday off. But uh, the week does just go by a little bit quicker when you know you have another fresh slate of college football coming up this oh, week. Yeah. That's week two, baby. So uh, this is Name Image Podcast. I'm Kyle, and as always, I have Big Mike with me. Big Mike, how are you? What's the setup's a little different this morning, huh? Yeah, we're you know we're playing. Listen, some call it a, a neutral site game, but it's you know <laughs> we 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 adapt, Kyle. You know that's just what we do on the Image Podcast. When adversity arises, we just cancel the episode for three weeks in a row. So listen, you know we could record from a McDonald's play pit for all that matters. Hey, and, listen, all I know, know is we could record anywhere, but it, you know Brandon Droz sitting in his apartment with Wi-Fi and everything still can't figure it out. Yeah, I'm not sure what keeps <laughs> happening with that, but Daddy Fat Stacks Wi-Fi is just it's no bueno. I think the dab torch got too close to his fucking Wi-Fi router, so it's just <laughs> just kidding. Uh, anyways, we are Name Image Podcast, and listen, we love college football. Yes, we do. <laughs> I think we just get off the top by saying that. Um, yeah. I had a lovely night the other night, uh, just you know, relaxing, just at the computer, and uh, just pulled up just about every game from week one on YouTube. And uh, so I, you know, I watched I watched the hits, right? You know, we watched the big games, but. You know, we've, we've mentioned it before as we get older and, you know, being a father of one, uh, it's hard to sit and just watch all the games. And even then, like, there's a lot of games that just aren't streamed nationally. Like, you have that mm-hmm. all the different streaming platforms and this uh, and that. Yeah. Um, but going back on YouTube and watching, like, the, like, some are only, like, three minutes, but there's a couple that are, like, you know, the 10 to 12-minute highlights. Uh, boy, did I miss a lot. And we, uh, we're going to get to that. We're going to get to all that because mm-hmm. there's some really cool stand-up performances that um, – that I love to see and kind of blend a little bit into week two. Week two is not as exciting, but first, because we like how NIL has changed college football. Oh my God. The big deal that was announced, it, it, it wasn't that long ago, but fanatics, you know, with the jerseys, like that just makes the most sense, right? You buy the jerseys, oh, yeah. players and this and that, and then it goes to the players and you're like, yeah, this feels good. I bought the guy with, you know, the, the guy I like his Jersey, the guy's going to get the money, uh, which is technically how it does work. But um, we have some some awesome Twitter folk that, uh, that you know, typically will retweet. They know a lot more of what's going on with NIL. We just kind of talk about it on a very surface level, like they kind of in layman's terms. Um, Darren Heitner, he's somebody uh, who's, who's big in the NIL space. He was uh, tweeting out some things this morning about just kind of how the licensing deal with this Fanatics jersey whole racket is going down. So th- this is the tweet that really caught my eye and I retweeted it said the nil group licensing biz is ripe for disruption fanatics sells a replica college athlete jersey for 140 dollars which is just that's just ridiculous to begin with but nonetheless athlete earns a four percent royalty rate so on a 140 dollar jersey a four percent royalty rate is five dollars and sixty cents but wait then one team which is uh, one team is a uh, like a group 
uh, group licensing. Like they're the ones who kind of broke the deals and they, they have like their athletes that are their clients and blah, 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 things like that. So if they do have that sort of structure, the one team uh, group takes its cut of 30% for organizing the group licensing deal. The athlete is left with $3.92 from $140. Cheapers. It's like, Cheapers. let's say you have, I mean, some of these fan bases are huge, right? Let's say for Alabama and Bryce Young, right? His jersey's probably going to be the, the one that, that's purchased the most. Right. Like that, like, I mean, let's just say, for example, you have 100,000 <laughs> Bama fans that buy the jersey. Yeah, that, that's a pretty good chunk of change for for not really doing anything besides just being on the Alabama football team, right? But it's, oh. it's, it just kind of goes to tell it goes to show, like, yeah, the money's there. It, it reminds me a lot of how like Spotify and Apple Music and those the, the guys have kind of you know fucked up the how musicians earn. Like they get like like less than pennies on the dollar for each. Oh player, yeah, you know, and you have to have hundreds of millions of plays before it even really makes. <clears throat> You know, and so it's just right. it's just one of those things. It's like, come on, there's got to be a better way, you know. So anyway, well, I mean, there, I agree. Like when you when you break it down and you look at it, you're like, this is this is terrible for for the player because they're not getting the kickback that we think they deserve. But at the same time, we have to remember, like, when NIL launched, like it was all peaches and roses because they were getting these sponsorship deals where you, you know you're just t- you're just getting a check and then all you're doing is showing up or on a commercial, like. Once we start engraving this into the to the marketplace, like fanatics doesn't care. Like they're like okay, whoop de doo. No, like sure, okay, yeah, like we'll give you your kickback because we have to through the license and everything. But like they don't really care about you know what what the compensation looks like, right? So I I, I feel like it makes it makes sense. It right. like it, 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 it does, does, but it's just kind of staggering to be like, man, because for one, jersey prices are outrageous, right? Hundred and forty dollars, right. and you think like fanatics like. You know these. You know where these are made, right? These aren't like oh. handmade, hand stitched here in America. <laughs> like they're they made, they're made at the same place where I keep getting my knockoff jerseys. So if anybody out there needs a knockoff jersey plug, you come find so me. Because that's what's going to be really interesting. And, and listen, if I'm if I'm a group of players, right? Let's say you know some players here, and you know let's say there's enough people who who get their name on the jerseys and things like that. Oh, let's yeah. say just like we did in college, right, where somebody would go around and whip around and say, "Hey, I'm going to put in a bulk order for these knockoff jerseys," 100%. right? Because that's how it used 100%. to be done. Everybody puts in 20 bucks and then you get like a box of 20 jerseys and you have no idea the quality. Like if I'm these athletes, I'm going to find those knockoffs, buy them in bulk and then just, you know, buy them for like, let's say 30, 40 bucks each and then sell them for 80 bucks. You just get the 40. I mean, right. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, I think you're onto something here where it's like, I I don't see why. And it could even be, you know, and and I know that this is where it gets kind of murky with like licensings and contracts and maybe some like non-competes built in there. But like if if you're a school and it's contractually feasible and you're trying to kick back more money just straight down to the player, like what okay, you probably can't get the Nike licensing, like you probably can't put the Nike swoosh on the jersey, but like okay, big whoop. Like you could go, like you just said, go find a producer to make these jerseys for you know pennies on the dollar compared to what people are paying for them and then you can sell them and then you're just divvying the profits 50 50 if this if you know whoever's involved half to the player half to whoever's handling the the making of these jerseys like i 140 on fanatics is absolutely ridiculous and these jerseys like you said are not shipping yeah i mean maybe sometimes they'll wave shipping but yeah it's ridiculous i mean i got that miles bridge jersey you know it's a problematic player to have but you know at the time he was still clean 
it was made in the same, probably the, the, the same factory as the Nike jerseys. I mean, I couldn't tell the difference from one versus the other, and I paid like 60 bucks for it. So there, right. there, there are ways. Well, what I'm sure is like, you know, there's quality control for that, right? And I'm sure in that same factory, like they have the conveyor belt is how I'm imagining it. All the good ones go through. And then all the like the ones that have a little bit of an imperfection, they just kind of get shipped to the side. Right. Those just fall into a box. And then some employees like, I'm just going to take this box of oh, jerseys yeah. that look identical and sell them on whatever the website. We're not well, going to dox the they, website. But right. if, you, if they, you need us, DM us if you want to. Right, right, right. Yeah, on, on the demo. On the, but hey, they're, they're just trying to make money. And it's funny that they're all like every time I buy one, because I bought them from a couple different places. They're they're all ba- all based out of L.A., which we know they're not based out of L.A. That's just their American storefront. <laughs> they're right. all just coming straight over from Vietnam, probably. <laughs> uh you know but okay, anyways, yeah, that that was the nil story that kind of caught my eye um a little bit more kind of into the nil spaces you know or one thing i really appreciate and this just as a whole here here are two things i really appreciated so this season has already just been better than last season and the biggest <laughs> reason why is like when we when we watched I mean, I mean, for the reasons you might not think. So when we watch, I'm with you. I'm with you. When we watch last season, right? What they always do, especially early on, is like they'll say, "Hey, here's how the team did last year," and they'll show all the highlights from the previous year. But the previous year was that would have been the COVID year, right? So like everything, there's no fans, there's nothing like that, and you you just were reminded, like, God, that was. I mean, yeah, it was nice to have football, but man, that just sucked. Oh. Now we're a year removed from that, and so it's like all the highlights from that they're showing from last year. That was an actual season, right? Like that was right. a normal season, and it just feels like, okay, finally we're we're beyond that, right? So that was one thing that I noticed. Not like a big deal. It's not like oh, the you know whatever, but you know what I mean. It, it was right. just nice to finally feel like, okay, we're, boy, that sucked. Here we are, you know, a couple years removed now, and and nature's nature's healing, right? Right. But um, what, and yeah. and on the flip side of that, like. It, it's it's better for us as a viewer, but and I'm using this example specifically for the CU Buffs. I think we're now starting to see the repercussions of like the Mel Tucker departure actually come to fruition now because he, I obviously left a couple of years ago. It's so, like he's been gone for a minute, but he left, took some staff, and then, and then some players kind of stuck around and they were all right. But then the transfer portal really got swinging, and now they're just decimated. Like, right? I, it's incredible that they were they were. They were plucky last year. Not that they weren't, you know, by any means right. like a solid team, but they were plucky. And this year, like they might, they may not win a game. Like they could, there's a real chance they could go zero and twelve. And it's just crazy to see that in between the COVID year and then the year in between, where the transfer portal really started becoming kind of a bigger deal, how some teams are like just absolutely depleted coming right. out of that that weird two year stretch. And and what's going to be unfortunate is like the first, like I think Carl Durrell is there now at Colorado, and it's going to be one of those things for him where on a normal basis, you know, usually coaches get about a four to five year lease depending on the school, right? Right. To so say, hey, let me get my class in and things like that. His kind of got reset like twice already because it was yeah. it was immediately him taking over, and then yeah, the transfer portal saga like that will eventually start to settle a little bit. Obviously, there's still going to be tons of transfers which we're right. about to get to right now, right. Um, but I, I I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's it, it'll start to settle a little bit, but a school like Colorado is absolutely uh, kind of got the double whammy there. It's almost like oh, two yeah. two week zeros, so to speak. <laughs> you know, it's like hey, like or year zero. Um, but anyways, uh, I it's, mean speaking. Yeah. I mean, the, the NIL impact, we didn't hear about it as much. Like, we all thought it was going to be like, oh, this quarterback's making, you know, $1,000 per throw or whatever, you know. But we didn't hear too much about it. However, LSU is starting to, like, there's some things bubbling under the surface at LSU with Brian Kelly 
oh. the type of players that they have on that roster. Um, you know, one decently bad game where they could have won, uh, and you got already got players starting to dip, right? I, I, do you have oh. the player? Pull oh, Kayshawn, Kayshawn Bout, former Tiger, probably at this point. <laughs> right, former, former Tiger. He removed all the stuff from his Instagram, from his Twitter. Uh, that's the stuff we love to see. How how's that how is that like correlated with NIL? Well, you know you got schools now already in right. this year being like, hey, you know, a little bit of money here. Oh, yeah. Uh Michigan State already got a Penn State transfer who could technically be eligible this season, which I find interesting because he entered the portal prior to the season. So there's lots of things <clears throat> like that that uh are gonna be unique, you know, and, and still right. things that we're figuring out. Um, but yeah, the NIL era, the transfer portal era, like I'm here for it. Well, and, and the reason that I wanted to bring it up specifically is, is this isn't new, right? Like, like we've seen players before kind of throw, throw tissy fit and be publicly boisterous about their displeasure at whatever school they're at. But I think this one's a, a rare example that it took one game, one week, one game, and he, he took down all of his socials. And, and like you said, LSU has bigger fish to fry with like the reporter calling out Brian Kelly, like, "Hey, maybe if you win a game, I'll show up on time." Right. It's that's already be, starting week one. Man, it's going to be a rut. And I, I, I do not like Brian Kelly at all. Like, I neither do I. And yeah, you know I, don't, I don't think anyone does. To be you know honest, who's benefiting the most from this? Coach O. Coach O is living his dream. Right. He took the seventeen million dollar payout. He's chilling. Like it's all good, and he's just living. And now. uh but yeah, you know, Coach O is the main benefactor of this entire thing. Is now he's going on like a media tour in wake of Brian Kelly just absolutely right. a dumpster fire, and it's just so great to see. Yeah, you know, and, and good for him. Like it, it, it was time for him to go to. Like it just, it was one of those things where you climb to the mountain and then you realize, like, well, that process is not going to happen again. Um, but for LSU to pivot and go with Brian Kelly, I don't know, just doesn't make sense. But anyways, yeah, we'll uh, we'll get into the games. That, that's kind of the shenanigans there. Um, we're going to kind of kind of brush through week one for the most part. There was uh, obviously some decent matchups, and I think we'll touch on those first. Um, and then I want to touch on just kind of some individual, like, stand-up performances that I watched via YouTube, which were fantastic. Um, let's start with let's start with Utah-Florida, the game that just breaks my heart. You know, and that's why— it You want to start with games. heartbreak early, huh? You're right, you know, because then I could heal during the rest of the episode. But— <laughs> Uh, Utah went down to Florida. Um, I think they were favored, not by much. I think they were only favored by a couple points, maybe like six points or something along those lines. Um, a lots of unknowns about Florida. They kind of had a shit year last year. Um, but there's a, some some mumblings about you know um, Anthony Richardson, right? Mm-hmm. And he's kind of the next big thing. I didn't well, I didn't watch much of Florida last year at all, um, just because they weren't really on my radar. And I know that they had him and Emory Jones, and there's this and that, but. This answer, Anthony Richard kid was highly touted. Uh, yeah, I mean, I texted it's, Mike like during the game. I was like, "What are the Anthony Richardson Heisman odds?" Because he's kind of yeah. got that look about him. Oh yeah, my God, he's just he's giant for one. Right. Uh, he didn't take a loss at all on any of his runs. Never got nope. sacked, anything like that. And, and was just passing wise, like he did exactly what he needed to do. Um, oh, but he was the main difference maker by far. With all that being said, I mean, shout out to Utah. I mean, we beat ourselves. We had we had right. one that was on the goal line that we fumbled. That t- I think we got into play before, and it was one of those that they just didn't review it. Like I, I don't know. And and two, like yeah, we had it at the end. We threw an interception like at the goal line, which you just cannot happen. You just can't let it happen, right? And then going for no. two. So I mean, Utah 
for me, the way I'm spinning this, I think this is a very this was a very good challenge for Utah. It's a very good game for Utah. Um, I don't think it derails any expectations for the Utes. Because let's be honest, right? They were they were ranked the highest in Pac-12. They were like, oh yeah, they can go to the they can go to the college football playoff. Utah's not a no. playoff team. They just aren't. Like you look at Georgia, you look at Alabama, you look at Ohio State. Utah is not there, which is fine because no right. one else is there outside of maybe those three or four teams. And the Rose Bowl as a consolation, if we just kind of set our sights on that, uh, Rose Bowl's right. fucking awesome. It's the greatest right. game, in my opinion, in all of college football. So, anyways, that was well, it, it, it's it's like we said with Oklahoma State. Like Utah is very comfortable just being in the mix. Like the, the right. expectations are not like you said. Like they're not college football playoff, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like like there's no problem in the current being, format. And the twelve team is going to be different, but in twelve team, in the twelve team, right? Like as it stands right now, like they're perfectly fine being competitive in the Pac-12, competing for a championship. And if the Rose Bowl is a consolation prize then uh, that's a win every season that it happens. Like, like there's no down in on that thing. So I, I think that in the grand scheme of things, Utah, like you said, is just fine. Like it, the, everything is still very much in front of them. And I feel like when we look at the end of the season, like when we get to the end of the season, we look back, we're going to be looking at a Florida team who's probably in the Better top than 10, expected. right outside it, I the would top say, 10. I would probably say de- definitely a ranked team, which for them, that that's oh. a huge step up. But yeah, and you, you just looked at the size too, especially like Utah, like with our linebackers. Yeah, we lost players like Devin Lloyd, who's who's awesome, and you know right. I think he's going to do really well in the NFL. Um, but you just looked at it. I looked at my linebackers. I was watching at our, at our buddy's Mitch Mitch's house, who had like this nice big projection screen TV. It's awesome. It's like a home theater. And I was just looking. I was just like, boy, do we look small small on defense compared to the, their guys? Holy shit, man! I, and, hey, oh. the, the logic still applies. Like I told you last week or week zero with. <laughs> With uh, Vanderbilt and Hawaii, like a a, mid, a very bottom barrel SEC team is still bigger good. and faster, right? Yeah. Right, like they're they're just recruiting from different different you know right. recruitment pools. Like they're just that's the SEC country. They're just bigger. They're going to be faster. They have the, all the greatest athletes. Usually come down from like Florida, that kind of Bible Belt stretch of the United States. And so I don't think in the in the most disappointing part about this is if you look at I got the box score pulled up right now. If you don't, if I don't know the final resort resorts, Jesus Christ, results. Cam Rising, his stat line alone, I would think yeah. that Utah won this game. Like right, he, he played, played well, phenomenal, phenomenal. Yes. Yeah, two hundred sixteen yards passing, ninety one yards rushing, uh, a touchdown, but it's the interception that did him in. Uh, our boy Brant Keithy, who you know we call, I, you know called out in the preseason, even like he's freaking awesome. He's gonna do well in the NFL as well. Nine receptions, hundred five yards, but. Uh, just like what you mentioned, I think with, with Utah is like, we don't have the weapons on the outside. We just don't, we have a really, really, really good tight end, but we're missing a big play wide receiver. And I feel like Utah has always been missing a big play wide receiver since like, you know, Steve Smith, for example, was there. Um, uh, who's the, he plays for the uh, Tim Patrick. I think he played for the Broncos, right? Like those oh, types of players. Yeah. Were fantastic. And we're just missing that right now. And, and that would have made the difference, but Utah could have won that game. So you right. could have won that game. It was a little bit of a bummer, but it's it's nice to be able to pivot and be like, you just have to be realistic. And like I said, if you're not a fan of Bama, Georgia, Ohio State, or whoever we're going to consider kind of that fourth team, like you just have to get better at realigning your expectations because making the playoff, yeah, that's a very big accomplishment. Uh, it's not fun getting blown out 
<laughs> it's not fun getting blown out, right? It's no. just like I would rather go to a bowl game that that we can actually win. Right. Now that's going to change with the college football playoff expansion, blah blah blah. But that's uh, comes Fair. for another. Fair, part. but so. it, I think in, in maybe, maybe you're maybe you're alluding to this, or maybe you're not. Maybe I'm overthinking it. But like looking at Utah's performance, where Utah is is set up to take themselves for the rest of the season, versus what happened to Oregon and what's potentially <laughs> going to happen to Oregon the rest of the season. I, I think Utah. There's no such thing as moral victories, but in this instance, there there is because you went down in the swamp, one of the hardest one of the hardest environments to play in. Right, you're playing against a, a, just a bigger, bigger and you could have walked team. out of there with the win. I, I you, mean, easily could have right. walked off with the win, right? Which is crazy, right? Like like you 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 said it at the very beginning, shot themselves in the foot. Like they they lost this game for themselves, but as they go down the rest of the schedule for the rest of the season. I think if you're a Utah Ute diehard, you, everything is very much in play for you right now as it stands. Like yep. it, it's all good, and we, like I said, when we look back, we're going to say, "Damn!" Like Florida is was a way better team than what we thought going into the season. Like way better team. Yep, absolutely. So that that hype train's already off the rails. So ESPN just oh, yeah. fucking loves that he, shit. Heath Houston's was sitting in the dark corner with a blanket over himself watching that game. Absolutely, sure. absolutely. Uh, you mentioned it, uh, Oregon Georgia. We'll go into that very, very briefly because thirty seconds. Go ahead. Forty ninety three. Obviously <laughs> Georgia. I think the spread was something. I think it was like seventeen or twenty one points. It was something like that. And I remember. Here, you know, and listen, I'm not saying this is like, oh, I'm the be- I know all this stuff in betting because I haven't fucking won a bet yet, you know, but I haven't bet a lot either. So there you go. Um, but it was something along the lines of like 17 ish points was the spread. And I'm fairly certain I told you or I, I, I may have even said on the pod like George is going to blow him out. And oh, I, I maybe yeah. I was talking about Ohio State and that was a little bit different. We'll get to that. But there was no way that Oregon was going to compete on the same field because we all witnessed Utah, for example, absolutely shit some Oregon twice in a row oh, yeah just oh, blow yeah. them out and I was like there's just no way in hell Georgia's gonna let Oregon stick around it's just not gonna happen Bo Nix like he's scrappy and this and that he's just not a very good quarterback and yeah Georgia proved they're like yeah like you guys thought that you know 17 points really like how you know how's fucking 46 points like oh, Jesus, it, it was it, well, and it's it's the same it's the same thing, and this, this is what I, I I mean I'm not trying to make the same point over and over again, but it's just like when they took the field in uh, that tight end Washington caught that first pass, I was like, oh, he's this isn't even the same sport. Like we're not even watching the same sport right now, right? And that's it, and it was mentioned a little bit like there is not that it has to be addressed because like I I think there's always been a layer of that right where you know some team it's the haves and the haves nots but right. the haves sure have uh, all the best players <laughs> like it's because oh, yeah. it, Washington was one they like there was like two or three of their tight ends that were all really really good you know and then you got McIntosh you know even out of the backfield catching passes I mean uh, yeah it's uh boy are they good i mean but yeah. shocker they, they were always going to be good and but, seth bennett is just a freaking rock star it, it, is it let me ask you this was it obviously george is good that that wasn't a surprise to anybody and if it was a surprise to you you're probably just just now coming out of a coma or something but is it so much that georgia was that good or was it that oregon was kind of that bad because i understand they're playing the best defense in the country so like obviously it's all going to be relative how you look at it, but I, they just did not look good. Like Bo Nix looked. Horrible. I think I think it's just Horrible. Georgia being Georgia being that good for sure. Because like if you look at Oregon's recruiting classes, Cristobal was recruiting 
at the highest level they had probably ever been, right? So right. they have good players. They absolutely have good players. I think there's a little bit of a mix. I think there's somewhat of a culture thing there at, at Oregon. I think I I always will text Kate it, but it's like like Oregon's 100% swag and like minus 10% grit. <laughs> you know, it's just like they just will never have that edge that no. that you really need to be. Like I think it's just too much flash and 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 sizzle you know in zero substance you know it's right. just like squirting a little water on a hot pan and just you know it's like oh that sounds cool but at the same time it's like there's nothing there's nothing to eat you right. know and, and it, i just feel like they haven't like they haven't adapted like like they they just keep trying to roll out the same organ team that was just phenomenal in the you know 2000s early 2000 teens like they just keep trying to roll out the same kind of blueprint and expecting it to work and it, it just does not work like Justin Herbert made that machine tick because Justin Herbert is one of the most talented downfield passers we probably. But they seen in our they generation. probably underperformed with him, and he they had a That's lot. That's what of I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You know, watch the Red Box Bowl, and you know, <laughs> Michigan State versus Oregon, horrible. I remember seeing Justin Herbert there and being like, "Fuck, I wouldn't want this guy on my team. How is he going to be? You know, drafted so high." Thank God the Chargers picked him because he's he's amazing. I love Justin Herbert, but like it it just goes to show they didn't really have. He was kind of the start there, but. Yeah, Oregon. Oregon's got some work to do. That that, and I think Dan Landing's gonna be all right. Um, you know, but hey, Oregon could be joining the Big Ten. Who knows? So hey, do they want? You know, what? good okay. good on good on Bo Nix to try to escape and try to go create his own destiny yeah, and somewhere else. First, and just have to go right back. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Um, next would definitely be uh, quickly we'll talk Cincinnati, Arkansas. Uh, your great Arkansas game. Razorbacks. Great game. Woo pig. Call yeah. them hogs. Right. Uh, good game. I think the thing that I got out of this was a hey, Cincinnati still got it. And and I like that. I like the fact that they're that they're decent, um, yep. you know, and, and not completely needing to reshuffle. Uh, Arkansas still just kind of got that that southern edge to them. You know, Pittman's been really good there um, as a coach and kind of getting in the right direction. Nothing, nothing too fancy, though. But they have a they have a pretty good matchup coming up this week as well. Well, and it's it, this this was the only game from the weekend that I thought panned out exactly how we all kind of thought it would because Arkansas, obviously, like, like it, they're the better team. But I, I think people kind of expected Cincinnati to have a bigger falling off. You know, lot, lost a lot of good defensive assets, obviously lost a great quarterback. I thought this game was maybe going to have a chance to get ugly, but Cincinnati is still very much in the picture. Luke Fickle's very much still a good coach. Arkansas is still just a, a grinded out. They're going to make every game impossible to win for anybody in the SEC. So this this game felt good to watch because it was just it was a very good game. Yep. It was good on both sides of the ball. wasn't really sloppy. Just a good old fashioned game. So I, it, it was fun to watch this one. I think both teams moving forward are going to be in great shape. Yep. Like, beautiful. I I agree. I absolutely agree. Um. Lastly, from the big kind of the bigger matchups, and maybe we'll have one more after this. But uh, Ohio State Notre Dame, I Oof. I didn't watch a lot of this game live because it was at the same time as Utah Florida. I flipped back and forth a little bit and followed the score and whatnot. Um, but on rewatch, this was a really good game, and I think I know in the last pod I did say like I thought Ohio State was going to blow them out, right? Because yes, yes. I just you know it's always you Notre Dame, this and that. 
I came away very impressed with Notre Dame. And I think Ohio State, while I think they were very frustrated during the game, the Ohio State fans, because I think they just always get frustrated. <laughs> like one one incomplete pass is just like, fuck this <laughs> offensive coordinator. This is awful. Um, if Ohio State doesn't hang up 21 in the first quarter, the it, it, right, Ohio State Twitter thinks it's a failure. But that's what I expected. I think that's what everyone else expected, too. I thought they were oh. that's like they're going to break every single record and this and that. However... I mean, Notre Dame came in ranked number five. And like I said, I came away very impressed with them. They were very good defensively. And Ohio State is absolutely going to be better because of this game. So you have to go in there and grind out a win, something that they haven't, you know, last season, you know, against, for example, Oregon and um, and Michigan, they kind of got grinded, right? They, they just right. got grinded by those teams. And when they got down, they couldn't figure out a way to get back in it. This game showed just a lot of, uh, like, a, I hate, you know, the word grit gets thrown around, oh, <laughs> thrown out a lot, but it was a gritty win from them, right? Like, they oh, had, absolutely. I mean, C.J. Stroud finished 24-34, uh, which is really good, so very efficient, 223 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, um, decent running production from both Henderson and Williams. I mean, Henderson gets all the hype. Williams is going to be freaking just as good, as always, Ohio yeah. State has good running backs. Um, but losing JSN, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, um, that was a bummer. Uh, and I think that stifled them a little bit. You still have Marvin Harrison Jr., who's, I think it's Jr., Marvin Harrison, yeah, whoever. It is. It is. Um, who's incredible. Um, other wide receivers who were all five stars, who were all incredible, uh, really had to step up. And so ideally, that that was kind of best case scenario for Ohio State. It's kind of like, oh, yeah. hey, we're going to put you against a really good team. We're going to take away your best offensive weapon. Figure it out. Figure it yep. out. Make it work. And they did. And they they drove down. And I love those types of matchups. It was a it was an awesome uniform game. Ohio State Notre oh, yeah. Dame, the jerseys and the helmets, and the crowd. It, it, that was a really good way to kind of kick off, uh, in my opinion, like kind of that 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 the feel of college football. Like that felt like a really good college football game. It wasn't Absolutely. sixty to fifty eight or anything like that. It was twenty one ten, hard fought game. Ohio State got it done. Uh, and I, and I, I think when you look at it, that what does Ohio State need to do to, to, you know, jump back into that that playoff picture, become the real real contender for the title, is exactly what they did in this game. Like now, it's when things are when things are going great and everything's firing all cylinders, you're going to put up 66 points and nobody's going to hang with you. We all get that. But for that, for their defense, one to just be very stout the entire game. I mean, only allow. 10 points all coming in the first half. And then you come out after halftime and just throw up goose eggs, both quarters. Like, I think that's a piece that hasn't necessarily been missing because obviously they produce good defensive talent year in and year out. But for it to kind of across the board, all 11 players just super stout and to be able to hold them to goose eggs in the third and fourth, that that's incredible. I mean, it doesn't matter who you're playing, let alone a number five Notre Dame fighting Irish. That's incredible. So I think as they move forward, if you're on if you're on Ohio State schedule and you watch this game, it, you're you're just in trouble. Like yep. you, you better start preparing now because they just proved that you know the, one of their biggest pieces of the puzzle on offense is out. Okay, we just adapt. Marvin Harrison Jr. <coughs> excuse me, and then Abuka all performed very well. All put up big numbers. And when you're talking about losing those wide receivers from last year's team and having to replace, obviously knew we had the talent, but. First game out, week one against the top five team, and they can still produce like that. I think it's fantastic for them to be able to walk into the next game and all the games moving forward and just know, hey, like like even when the yep. chips aren't falling our direction, like we can we can close out games, no problem. Yeah, and, and like I said, Notre Dame, I think they came out and really showed me under the you know, new coach under Freeman. Um 
you, like I like to, I've always liked to kind of shit on Notre Dame. And I think everyone does too, unless you're a Notre Dame fan. Like I don't see how anyone roots for Notre Dame outside of being a Notre Dame fan. Uh, but they showed that they they have something there. Really young quarterback, brand new coach, got a little bit of swagger there. They've always had a, a, an easy time recruiting for the most part. Um, always had good athletes. I was very impressed with them. Yeah, Jim Knowles for Ohio State, well, that was a really good pickup. Uh, obviously, getting oh, him yeah. from Oklahoma State, uh, you could tell right away the defense played with a lot more edge, um, stepped up when they needed to. So I, I, still, I still have Ohio State as um, my team to represent in the college football championship. I think they'll for sure make the playoff. Um, and this, I think this game is, is going to go a long way for them and um, showing oh, how to get it done down the stretch. So now, but we, we still will take an opportunity to shit on the Notre Dame Irish because I, I don't care. Uh, right. Easy, easy to get up for a big game. Week one, new coach, Fair. all the electricity's in the air. Now I will say watching them and watching the highlights, going back and watching some of the highlights, they are this is the most prone team to lose a clunker <laughs> to like the baby. most prone uh, well and i know that the quarterback's young and there's a new coach and so there's still a lot of opportunity for growth but you're throwing out a 54 a 54 qbr your first game and you're not it didn't it wasn't exactly a a stunning 54 either like like he he didn't look right comfortable like he he got the job done enough to obviously put up you know 10 points in a, in a low scoring game but it, this team moving forward is so prone to losing a clunker it's like not even funny like yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we turn on the tv midway through the season and they're just shitting the bed against a, a very middle of the road team so i will yeah. shit on the irish chance i mean just like look, looking at notre dame's schedule just very quickly uh, they have marshall next and then cal uh, at North Carolina, North Carolina, we'll get to, we'll touch on that in a minute. Um, hey, hey, but it, it, real quick though, North Carolina, I know that they they have their own problems, but I love North Carolina comes out and, and can throw up fifty points. I can Notre Dame hang with that? Love their, I don't know, <laughs> love the quarterback May. I think it's May or Mays. Luke May. Yeah, um, love him, and then uh, their jersey is just the best. Um, and then they play BYU, and I and we'll get to BYU in a, a minute as well. This might be a longer pod, but just bear with us because we got a lot to talk about. Um, We're in love. BYU, I think it's good. That game's gonna be good. I don't sleep on that, and I yeah, hate Octo- BYU. Hate them. October eighth is a stacked up day because that's going to be a potentially undefeated, uh, undefeated. Excuse me, one loss Notre Dame going into BYU, and then you're obviously going to have Alabama, Texas A&M. October eighth, Kyle, you might just have to take your daughter to the kennel or something. <laughs> You might yeah, because that's off. what you do. You take her to the kennel. <laughs> hey, fetch right down there on 300. It's a great place. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. All right. Um, okay, got to talk about Michigan State. Obviously, uh, yeah. good challenge. Yeah. I think it was a good challenge. Like, you know, people look at, oh, it's fucking Western Michigan. Like, yep. I, I promise you Western Michigan is a team that has they a are. pulse. They have a pulse, and they have their shit together. And now, they, hold on. I have to ask you. Because you you didn't you weren't you weren't able to watch this live. You had other obligations. <laughs> I watched, as a good husband. I'll, I'll explain how that went down. But I, I was able to watch a majority of it. But yes. Okay. Okay. But like, so when you watch the majority of it, what 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 time frame of the game did you tune in for? Like like where, uh, pretty where much all of the first half because um you know we we left to go to a nice little outdoor concert um it was right smack town or smack dab downtown Salt Lake. We get there, and I got the blanket, you know, we're meeting Emma's parents there. It was kind of a shit show getting in, um, waited in line. We got to the front. They're like, yeah, you can't bring blankets here. I was very hungry at the time. And so I obviously had to go back to the 
the car to drop this off and I was already hungry. And I looked at Emma and said, I'm going to drop this off and I'm going to the bar to watch the rest of the Michigan State first half. And she's like, that's fine because my wife loves me and she understands. So I was able to that. drop off the blanket and go to, and he was also a funny part. Like I said, very hungry. I was definitely hangry at this point. Um, you know, I was a little snippy with the girl told me you couldn't bring a blanket, you know. But anyways, I go to Beer, beer Hive Pub, which I love because what they have, it's kind of the old school bar feel. On the bar, they have that strip of, it's like a like an ice strip, basically, to put your beer on. I don't know how practical it is, but I fucking loved it. But I'm like, yeah, like, you guys have a food menu. They're like, yeah, our kitchen, our kitchen's out. Like, our kitchen's shut down. And I was just like, you got to be fucking kidding me. But they had a taco cart set up out front. So I was like, okay, that was good. So that kind of saved the day. But okay. so I was able to watch the first half there. Um, listen, Western's a good team. Uh, overall, they're, they're a team with the pulse. There's a lot of good storylines here as well. Uh, their offensive coordinator was Peyton Thorne, our quarterback's dad. Uh, and you could definitely tell Peyton Thorne was pressing. I mean, he was just kind of missing some wide open throws and, and things like that. Just kind of yeah. unusual throws there. Yeah. Um, overall, finished the game decently well. Uh, with four touchdown passes, one really bad interception, but 12 of 24, you got to you gotta complete those old. It was the short passes that were getting them. Um, but really for us, it's it's kind of the Mel Tucker experience and, and how the, how we've worked the transfer portal because everybody who did good for us today basically was a transfer. Uh, you had Jalen hey. transfer from Wisconsin, 120 yards, touchdown. Um, uh, Broussard transfer from Colorado, uh, 54 yards on, on 10 carries so 5.4 yards average, which is really good. Um, Jalen Reed, who technically is a transfer from Western Michigan. Uh, he was, he was kind of shut down, shut down a little bit, only two for 31. Uh, but Daniel Barker, he's a tight end we got from Illinois. Uh, he's a stud. He had a nice one-handed touchdown catch. Uh, we even rushed him a couple times, like got him in the backfield and rushed the ball, which is kind of weird. Um, so anyway, it just, it was an interesting game for sure. And it, I think it's a really good game for us because now we play Akron, who we should shit on. Um, overall, I feel good. Um, really the, the, the pendulum game here is going to be the Washington game in week three. And, you know, we'll get to that eventually, obviously, because Washington looks a lot better. Overall, I came out of this game. I'm glad we played a team that had a pulse, not like someone like Colorado State, for example. Um, and I think the team out of it looked pretty good. You know, I feel good about that. So, <laughs> okay. good, good. That's all that matters, Kyle. As long as you feel good, because I didn't know you got. I didn't. I thought you were committed to the concert. I didn't know there was a, a detour, and I was like, I just wondered what he's thinking as he's trying to like keep well, up. You know, the uh, right. in the first quarter, and it's only seven to three. Well, <laughs> like, and Kyle, it, it was Kyle's in the third quarter. It was in the third quarter. They were starting to wake up a little bit. I think it was seventeen to ten, because um, they had just scored. And then we got it down to the goal line, and it was fourth and goal on the one-yard line. And I was like, I hope we go for it, right? Like, this will be a good time for Mel Tucker to send a message. And he he does keep dropping and says, go for it. And we got it. And I think that was a really important play, right? Because if that's basically Mel Tucker being like, I'm about to challenge every single one of you motherfuckers. If you don't get this in, like, <laughs> they'll be held to pay. Get in the fucking end zone. And we got in, right? And that's going to happen throughout the season. We're going to need to get that yard. So I thought that was a good a good point there. Uh, and then we cap it off with a nice long touchdown pass after that. And overall, overall, I felt pretty good. Our front seven's yeah. awesome. Really like our front seven. Pass defense will it looks better than last season, but not by much because we let a new quarterback kind of tear us up at times. But we'll figure it out. Yeah. We'll figure it out. Yeah. So happens. All right, rapid fire. We're gonna rapid fire through a few. Uh, Virginia Tech Old Dominion. I think we we kind of called this, and I begrudgingly 
just kind of placed the bet on Virginia Tech at the end. Fuck Virginia Tech. They're along with Nebraska now. I hate them. So, dead yeah, dead to us. Uh, Illinois, Indiana. I had Illinois there, and they got fucked out of a touchdown. It was egregious. Um, but anyways, True. yeah, Indiana got out the the got out of the with, with a win, which was awesome. Uh, Rutgers, Boston College. Good for Rutgers. That's a really good win. Boston College has got a good quarterback in uh, Djokovic, and that Zay Flowers, who was tempted to leave multiple times by NIL deals elsewhere and things like that. He stayed, which I think was really cool. And he, uh, he balled out two touchdowns, 117 yards, but Hey, good for Rutgers. Got it out of there with the win. Um, Texas A&M over Sam Houston state. Haynes King looked all right, but still only thir- is 31, nothing, but it's Sam Houston state. Like, I don't know, expecting a little bit more there, but anyways, uh, got to touch on this. We got to touch on this real quick. Cause this was a lot of the talk. <laughs> And I'll let you talk a little bit. I know I've been rambling on here, but like I said, I just watched all pretty much all these games like two nights ago. So just proceed. What are we talking about? Right. Michigan, Colorado State, because oh, obviously they is fifty one seven. You want to touch on? Well, the JJ McCarthy thing and McNamara yeah, no. is very interesting because it is. It it's is. about to be handed over to JJ McCarthy. It, it really is. Um, Mac McNamara was absolutely set up to fail, right? But at the same time, and I hope they just kind of go through this and just get it, just rip the bandaid off and get it, get it over with. It, it's just what, what Jim Harbaugh is doing with this whole biblical thing and blah, blah, blah. I understand he's a religious guy. Sure. Whatever. But at the same time, I wish he would just come out and say like, listen, college football now more than ever, it's a business. It's absolutely a business. You got players getting paid. There's transfer portal opportunities, things like that. If he just comes out and says, I think this is business. I think McCarthy is the way to go. He's the young guy. He's got all the talent in the world. We're going to move forward with him. Cade, thanks for last season. Beating Ohio State, getting us to the playoff. You did nothing wrong. This is a business decision. And the right. quicker that McNamara accepts that as well, he could go to Iowa right now and turn Iowa and easily have Iowa. Hey, <laughs> easy, easy. He, he's not a miracle worker, goddammit. Right, yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But, uh... Yeah, that whole situation can be interesting. We're going to see it uh, this Saturday against Hawaii because they're probably – I think the spread's like 51 and a half. It's the most ever Bro, from – I mean, it, it, look at Michigan coming out here and just making a statement early, you know, that they're not yeah, going yeah. to be messed around with. <laughs> yeah, kept playing real tough teams. But well, <laughs> like, how do you see that? Like if you – how would you feel if you were kind of Cade Mac, McNamara at that point? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, regardless, it's it's shitty, right? Like it, you 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 were the prodigal son, stick it with the, the biblical theme. You were the prodigal son last season that brought the the win over Ohio State and got them in the playoffs. But it, it, like you also said, it's a business. Like, it, and I think when when you're looking at it, if you're if the other guys are just better than you, they owe you nothing. Especially especially in college football, like the windows are so short on your time in college football that like they're, if they're looking at McCarthy and they're thinking that he's the guy, like they need to capitalize on it now. Cause right. the worst thing you can do is sit on it for another season. And then, you know, and, and we do have to kind of treat these guys with like the white glove treatment because they can't up and leave at any given moment. Like right. any, at any instant that McCarthy feels you know disrespected or not wanted or whatever he can leave. And so obviously you're just going to make peace with whoever you go with the other guys leaving. Like McNamara is going to end up, you know, probably on a Pac-12 team and do just average. But 
you, you can't be afraid to break up, right? Like, you, you got to dump the ugly girlfriend, just get over with it. And McCarthy's the next guy, so you just have to do it. Like, this whole teetering back and forth thing and, and trying to make it a, a mutual, you know, all all parties leave feeling warm and fuzzy, it's just not going to happen. So you just need to get it over with and get it over with, like, yesterday. Right, because the whole plan was like, oh, Cade's going to start the first game, and then it's going to be J.J. in the next game. But they still brought J.J. in, in the first game and the crowd, the crowd definitely, they got up and they were clapping and cheering for when JJ came in and then they booed when they took him out to put Cade back in. I'm just sitting there like, Oh my God, that like, uh, I expect nothing less from Michigan fans. But like I said, at the same time, I get it. I just wish Jim Harbaugh would just quit being such a fucking idiot and just come out and say like, this is the best thing for a football team. Like I get your religious, I get, then there's nothing wrong with that. But like that has nothing to do with this. Like like just come out and say what you're doing, like, and everybody will appreciate you more. But no, he just can't. He just fails to understand. He just doesn't get it. But hey, that's what makes Jim Jim, and it makes it really easy to root against. Let me tell, let right. me tell well, you. Well, and, and if you're if you're Harbaugh, you're sitting there and you had you had a great season last year. Like everybody's all kind of bought in, and so now you're kind of in the limelight, and everybody's rah rah for you. So I can understand where he, you know, he he's looking at it like. McNamara, McNamara did get you to where you were, like no doubt about it. He was an integral piece of that whole operation. So I could see how it, it's tough for him. But it, it, at the end of the day, like you, ju- you just got to rip the bandit off because the last thing you want to do is do this teetering thing. And then you get into a game where, okay, well, like McCarthy's got the spot now. And then things don't really go well for him. And then you end up having to throw McNamara back in there. And then now you're back to square one where it's like, okay, like, well, that's what I do. Yeah, that's why I hope McNamara just leaves, leaves. I I hope he doesn't just feel like, yeah, I'll just sit on the bench and wait for my turn. You know, which like I could also see him doing that. I just hope he leaves. But I'm I'm just saying like in regards to like the season, it's like what, like, let's just say hypothetically, like, let me, let me just pull up their schedule real quick while I'm sitting there. Because I'm just saying hypothetically, we get down the road, Hawaii and UConn, Maryland. Okay, whatever. (laughs) Let's just say for, for, the purpose of this conversation at Iowa, McCarthy gets the nod. He he's the guy. They go march into Iowa, and he's just shitting the bed the first half. Can't get anything going. It's just one of those ugly, stereotypical Iowa games. Do you, do you throw McNamara back in? And then what I happens mean, what when McNamara comes McNamara in and wins the game could, for you? He could he could leave tomorrow and say I'm in the transfer portal, right, and just leave the team. You know that's right. What, right. You know, so like he could. I hope he does that because that would be funny to have them left with nothing. So no, I, I guess I guess that's the thing. And, and you just made it. You made this conversation all summed up in one thing. You have to make absolutely sure, without a shadow of a doubt, McCarthy is that guy and he is ready for this. Because when you do it, McNamara's out, and if things don't go well, and it's it's the ugly kind of growth spurt that he's going through, and he's not, he doesn't have his confidence, he gets rattled. You're going to be a sitting duck because after that, you have nothing. Your quarterback room is nothing. Yeah. Anyway, I had to touch on that just because it's just a weird situation. We're going to see it this week. So we shall see. Uh, speaking of weird situations, North Carolina, Appalachian State. This was another one. I, ha- I was just looking at the scores throughout the day, and then I was like, Jesus Christ, this game exploded toward the end. Uh, if you didn't watch this whole thing, just go back and watch it on YouTube because, oh, my God, it wa- <laughs> what a weird game this was. Um, with, you know, onside kicks getting returned to the house and then a penalty calling it back and then, Getting the ball, it it was un unreal, and uh, Appalachian State just barely 
just couldn't get it done at the at the very end. <laughs> the thing but, that I love about Appalachian State is that you could we could time travel and go back in the last fifty years and find somebody just off the street and then bring it back here and be like, yeah, uh, Appalachian State is still like just a thorn in everybody's side. They'd be like, oh, the same same thing twenty five years ago. They're right? Never they're never good, but they're never bad. Like they're always just well, yeah, right there. I, and I have a rule you know, as far as Michigan State goes. I never want to play Appalachian State ever. Mm-hmm. And I don't care if it's North Dakota, South Dakota, West Dakota, Dakota Fanning. I don't care. I don't want to play any Dakotas ever because it just seems like anything from the state of Dakota, North or South Dakota, they're just a nightmare. They're just a nightmare. So it, I, I, that, those you, are my you, two rules. No Appalachian State, no Dakotas. You don't want to catch. You don't want to catch the the second, third tier D one school that recruits from like the blue collar, salt of the earth towns because that's <laughs> that's all they do. Like South yeah. Dakota State was given Iowa every ounce they could handle, and it's just a bunch of dudes from South Dakota. Like I've yeah. been to South Dakota. Like I, they're they're not a lot of athletes hanging around, but they're all just a lot mad of lunch at the world. pail lunch pail guys. First one, gym <laughs> same, rats. Same, gym with, rats. same with the mountains of Appalachia, baby. Like those, those guys may not be the fastest, they may not be you know the most talented, but they're fucking angry at the world, and they're gonna let you know about it. Yeah, yeah. They they were raised in the coal mines. You yeah. know, it's like. Uh. Anyways, yeah, that was a wild game. Definitely go back and watch that to kind of get you tuned up for uh for this weekend. And that's gonna be every game North Carolina plays this year. That yeah. North Carolina is gonna finish somewhere in like the five to seven win region. Yeah. But every game they play, it's just gonna be air it out, shoot out. Mac Brown's gonna be doing the gritty in the locker room if they win. Like, it, I I'm gonna tune in for all the North Carolina I can get it. because not because they're good, because they're gonna win. But they're just going to hang up 51 points and still bet lose. The over. Yeah, bet the over in every single North Carolina game. Uh, Miami played their annual game with, yes. with what I think is a high school at this point. It's Bethune-Cookman. I, I refuse to accept that they are an actual university. I think they are just a high school that Miami plays and pays them a lot of money. There's too many Bethunes hanging around. Didn't we have a Bethune something in, in the D2 ranks? I've only ever known of Bethune-Cookman, but I could be wrong. No, I, I, I'm sure it's not the same one. I think I could have swore the Mavericks once traveled to Minnesota to go play like a, a buffoon something. I, it, could be, yeah, it's, it may, it may not be a real school. Bitch, what was the one? The fake high school? Yeah, that it's on Bishop that? Sycamore. Yeah, exactly. Bishop Sycamore. <laughs> exactly. I think it's that. Yeah, I think it's that. Um, UTEP, Oklahoma. This is one that I went back and watched. Uh, I really like Dylan Gabriel. Really like him a lot. Oh, yeah. Like, are mm-hmm. I think they're still going to take a little bit of step back. But let me tell you. Oklahoma is still loaded. They still have a lot of good players. Eric Gray uh, looked phenomenal. There was this run and catch by oh, did it uh, did it get called back? I don't know. Maybe let me. No, hold on. There was an incredible run and catch. Maybe it's not. It had to be. Did it end in a touchdown? It did. I'm almost positive it did. Then Then it for sure probably got called back unless it was. Oh, look at look at Drake Stoops hanging out on the roster. Right. A little <laughs> yeah, homage to the old ball Dude, coach. What the hell? I I wanted to specifically talk about this game because like it was like I said where it was um you know I missed a lot right um this was one where I, I saw this running catch I was like that was fucking incredible. How many let, yards was it? Let me see. Just just stall for me. All right, I'll stop. Well, I'll, I'll stall for you because I want to talk Oklahoma defense because that's. I, I, there's there's obviously a lot of room to grow. Don't get me wrong. Like week one, we could we could we could be better. But it UTEP, was a rush. UTEP is it was a rush. rush. Oh, okay, a little a little, uh, a little jet sweep. It was an end around. That's what it was. End around. 
Sorry, yeah, to Gavin Freeman. End around Gavin Freeman. It was a 46-yard run. Uh, it was fucking awesome. And so That's Gavin Freeman, awesome. it, it was, it, like, honestly, it's worth pulling it up and watching it just for that. He's, um, let's see, yeah, wide receiver number 82. He's, he, it was awesome. Anyway, sorry. But, yeah, Oklahoma's loaded on offense. Continue about the defense. Well, I was just saying, like, this was, this was the perfect game that they needed week one to – I mean, obviously, we knew the, the the offense is there. Oklahoma always has the offense. This was a good good outing for them, week one, to be able to just kind of beat up defensively on it. UTEP isn't, you know, they're not the worst, but they're certainly not anything that's on anybody's radar. But uh, the defense looked good. I mean, only gave up thirteen points. You know, three in the second half, like closing out a game and at, at that point if i remember correctly it was like a garbage time like third strings were in and they drove the field and got the field goal out of the deal but like if you're an oklahoma fan watching that game i, I gotta believe you feel pretty good about where the defense stands under venables because they, yep. they were prone to just give up bombs and just busted coverages and just kind of some sloppy play looked really buttoned up this time around like week one like you know every everybody makes mistakes week one it's the first round outing but they looked really good, looked like a solid defense. So it'd be interesting to see how that defense kind of plays further down the road against better opponents. But I think the Venables effect is already being felt as far as the defensive side of the ball, for sure. Their schedule lines up pretty well. Kent State at Nebraska, like it'll be at Nebraska. Who knows? They might have a little bit of their shit together. They still don't look great, but that could oh, be a tough no. one. Nebraska but, could go 0-12. Right. <laughs> but then it's, well, they won one game, so that's not going to happen. Mm. Um, Kansas State at TCU, and then it's home versus Texas, home versus Kansas, Iowa State, who's not good. I mean, really, it's the last month of your schedule. It's in November. It's Baylor, West Virginia, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech. Right. Overall, though, I think Oklahoma can easily get out of there, maybe two losses. I think that would still be – for the first year, I would take that immediately if you were right. off for anyways. Well, so. and, and if the defense if the defense actually comes full form and, like, they just – they keep rolling, I mean, it, all of a sudden the task of your offense becomes a lot easier because I think in years past it's always been, all right, defense, like, we just need you to go out there and at least make them work for their points and just maybe kind of tire them out and we're just going to go air it out and hang 60 on somebody – I think this year might be a little different to where maybe that magic number may only be like 30 or 28, 30 points, you know, like they get the offense can produce that they can win these games, but that's all pending on the defense coming full form and, and really growing in itself. So we'll see, but I feel, I feel like week one, just take away week one only pretty good outing for Oklahoma all around, especially defensive side of the ball. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, quickly, a few others. Wyoming Tulsa, another really fun game. Ooh, Absolutely kicker. watched that. Really Talk good about the kicker. I, the kicker. And that was what I was going to bring up. That's what I had oh, in my I notes from watching these games. Um, our boy John Hoyland uh, from Broomfield, Colorado. Uh, <laughs> I, I understand how elevation works in <laughs> right, right. Laramie, right? The air is real thin up there. The kid's got a fucking boomstick attached to his his freaking torso, it, uh, or to his thigh, basically. It, it's incredible. Like, the, the <laughs> it was just the sound of him kicking this ball, and he kicked a, a really clutch 55-yard field goal, and it was good by at least another 10 yards. Um, he was four for five, so only missed one. I think it was – I think it might have even been blocked. Um, the, kids, the kid's got it. I mean, he's he looked incredible. So that's a name that to look out for in a couple of years when he gets drafted by like, the Patriots. You know, really, 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 really late. Um, yeah. Now that, hold on, hold on. Not so, not so fast, friend. I got it. We have to revisit the fact that you wanted, in all your heart of hearts, you wanted Wyoming money line. Like you, you 
were waving that cowboy flag go pokes hard before this game. Oh, and yeah. You couldn't be told otherwise. Well, well, they won. They won 40 to 37. So in double overtime. Right. I would talk about them playing uh, Illinois. That was exactly. No, that's this week is week one. one, baby. That was week zero, baby. They just played Tulsa this week. What is? Why am I looking at week one on ESPN? Because it's 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 the oh, way. Oh, I see August. Yeah. Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. Okay, sorry, I got I got caught. Fucking, that's on me. But I. Will it's weird how that's that, hilarious. Yeah, uh, I mean, listen, Wyoming, Tulsa. That, I mean, Tulsa we know is better than. Yeah, hey, you have ties to Wyoming though, so I get it. Like I, I get it, but we got we got to see this guy kick down at sea level before I'm willing to jump on the boomstick train. Listen, uh, yeah, well, I guess you're right. Yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see for that. So, uh, let's see anything else. Uh, you know, BYU. I hate BYU, but they look good. BYU Baylor's coming up this week that we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to rattle through some games here again. Um, BYU looked really good. South Florida. I don't know. They used to be good at one point. If you guys are somehow new to college football, but like in the in the early to or mid to late 2000s, like the 2007 oh, yeah. to 10 era. They were like a top-ranked team, and they have just never been the same since. Uh, the line was really close for this. You know, it was uh, BYU by ten and a half. Uh, yeah, they won fifty to twenty-one. Like they are a good team, and they like uh, Jaron Hall is very good. Um, they got Puka Nakua and all these other Nakuas on the team, and Katoas, and they're awesome. So I don't know. I like I if I am going to bet this next week, I think I, I think I might well, take I th- BYU. I think Baylor. that's a good. I think that's a good segue though, because they got Baylor coming to town. Right. Let's just go into week two because I'm, I'm wrapping up Ohio State or Alabama rolled obviously, yeah, and that was Oregon State was good. So uh, week two, uh, this is kind of the cupcake week for most teams. Um, uh, a few shout outs early on: Wake Forest, Vanderbilt. Wake Forest gets Hartman. They, he might be back this week. Uh, he's the quarterback I really like for Wake Forest. So it's, it's good to see him back. He had like a blood clot issue that got sorted. So that that's really cool there uh, to have him back. Alabama, Texas, Mike, I'll, I'll, I'll let you t- handle this one. I mean, it, this this isn't going to be close. This is Bevo. Minus 20 is what I'm currently seeing the spread at, and, and I just and don't I, see how it's it will already, not be close. Right. I already, ha- already have the money on it. This is – there, so it's just a little tidbit. There's a press conference yesterday where somebody had mentioned the horns down thing to Coach Saban. Like, hey, like, are you talking <laughs> to your players specifically about this because that's a penalty or whatever? And the dude was so locked in on the game plan for Texas. Like, he wasn't even aware. He, he thanked the reporter and said that's something I should probably mention. So thank you for bringing my attention. But, like, this is this is the this is the revenge tour, Kyle. And in Texas – don't even bring Bevo to the stadium. Bevo doesn't want to see what's about to happen because it's uh, this is going to be an ass whooping for the ages because this is just – unfortunately, Texas is that team for the rest of eternity that no matter how good or bad they are, people are going to see them on the schedule and they're like, yeah, we just want to beat the shit out of Texas extra bad. They'll like, be like, oh, Kansas bad. beat this team last year again? Like, yeah. okay, yeah. I, I, I and, and again, like – Knowing how this works, Kyle, because me and you are so bad at betting, like we're I'm, I already have money on them covering for sure. This is going to be one of those weird ones where it's just ugly enough for them to lose by like 17 or something. But in, in my true heart of hearts, I don't think this game is even close. Like, I, yeah. just, I think well, Texas especially down because early and, so. and they just saw Georgia lay the, the boom oh, yeah. on Oregon. So they're going to come mm-hmm. out and be like, well, we have to at least match that. Answer absolutely. Because if they, if they if they don't by any stretch, then they're gonna be like, well, 
Oregon was a, a ranked team, like, and Georgia beat them by 50. And why didn't you beat Texas by more than 50, right? And then that's where Al, you know, Nick Saban will be like, can you just shut the fuck up? <laughs> like, right. Yeah. You know, right. Well, it, and, and it's, it's you know, obvi- obviously Nick Saban's never concerned with the optics of how the team looks based on how other teams are performing. But like, I, you know that he wants to go down here and he wants to just absolutely embarrass the Longhorns. Like, I, I don't want to see anybody in the stands in the fourth quarter. And I think that's a very – I think that option is very much on the table where this game gets so ugly that, like, all the stands are just kind of empty and the only thing left are the drunk, you know, Bama fans who drove over from Alabama. Like, I, I just don't – and I mean, maybe play devil's advocate for me here, Kyle, but, like, I just don't see how this game is even close. Like, I don't either. Alabama's like on the warpath. They're going to get up for it. And uh, Alabama also recruits very heavily out of Texas, very oh, heavily, right? Yeah. They, they will come out of there being leaving zero doubt to say any of those recruits who have Alabama and Texas on their list and be like, uh, are you sure about the Texas part? You know, sure about right. that? Like, well, yeah. and, and it's, 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 like, like you said, there's a lot of guys from Texas on that team. And then, you know, what better opportunity than to go home and have your family in the stands and then just absolutely womp the, the hometown team. But it, I, I think Bryce Young, in all seriousness, like just boiling it down to what, what we do know so far after week one, Bryce Young, is, he just picked up exactly where he left off. Like it, every, everything that Alabama was doing against Utah State was systematic. Like, like they very well, they could have just went out there and just thrown, you know, go routes the entire time and they still would have beat them by you know 60 or whatever it was 55 but it was systematic like it was a tune-up game it was a preseason game for college yep. like we don't get that here but like this was a preseason game it's exactly what they needed to go into austin texas and just absolutely lay a hurt on somebody i think that's why they buried this game at 10 o'clock in the morning because they don't want to waste right. a good time yes. slots for later yes you're absolutely right so yeah i i <clears throat> i'll be putting money on the uh, Alabama to cover as well. So, Absolutely. So that means uh, we're for sure going to lose to like a backdoor cover, something like that. But anyways. <laughs> yeah. A last minute field goal for, for morality purposes to bring it to like 18. <laughs> so this uh, next game, uh, Pittsburgh, Tennessee, I think is going to be a really good game. Yep. Tennessee right now favored by six. Uh, yeah, my dog's in the background barking in agreement. They're uh, they're playing at the new Acrisure State, not the new Acrisure Stadium. It's named. It used to be Heinz Field, obviously, but now it's called Acrisure Stadium. Heinz Field. I just I know Tennessee is favored here, but it's only by six points, which I which I like. Um, I I just like I like Pittsburgh. I just do. I like Pat Narduzzi. He's gonna have him up for this game. They played a real opponent in Week One. Tennessee did not. Tennessee is good. And a hey, shout out to the Vols that, you know, visited the stadium or visited the campus. Uh, beautiful. Uh, really, really cool area out there. Um, you know, we get, you got some Tennessee swag in the mail right now. It should be arriving hey, today. Hey. We're Brandon's extra large polo. Hey, um, but, uh, yeah, what do you, what do you see? Uh, yeah, are, are you putting anything on? Where, where you I, it, yes, and and this is this is it's a, it, it may be flawed logic, Kyle, and it may be stupid logic, and I know you don't subscribe to it, but we're talking about another very, very much at least middle of the road, no matter where you want to classify them. You at least have to put them in the middle of the road, the middle of the pack for the SEC. I, I think it's it's a good game. Don't get me wrong, it's a good game, but I think Tennessee wins this game with a comfortable margin. A couple scores, like I, I think it just. I, Tennessee is the team this year that it's like if, if they're going to strike, it, you know, obviously there's not playoff intentions or anything like that. It's it's kind of like what you said about Utah. It's 
the expectations are, are while unrealistic when you talk to the fans of the Tennessee Volunteers. I think when you talk to, you know, the more level-headed folk or you hear people talk about them in the Big J world, I think Tennessee is very much in the in the realm of this is the time to strike right now and, and bring that bring the the brand the Tennessee brand back to relevancy and so I think that this is a game that they are really really looking forward to they've been looking forward to it got a nice little tune up against Ball State Pitt obviously won the backyard brawl but it, I mean you you could you could you could pick and choose from that game what you thought was good what was bad. I don't think they looked like incredible. I mean, obviously, Kenny Pickett made that team look absolutely phenomenal. Kenny Pickett being gone, I get that. But I think Tennessee wins this game. When I say comfortably, not like beat the brakes off of, but I think Tennessee wins this game by at least a couple scores. Interesting. Interesting. And then Hooker. Nah, and he is good. Yeah. I don't know. That 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 right there is, is for me, a toss-up, but I think the line shows that, too. Just being minus six, yeah. I mean, it's just – this That's, game, this game is one on the t- the turnover ratio and defense. Like it, it's just really going to boil down to who who can really just plant their flag and just hold the line. And I think Tennessee, if you if you're going to give an edge to it one way or the other, Tennessee I think has that because again, it's kind of the same Florida logic where maybe not guys that are on anybody's radar as far as being like you know all Americans or like you know NFL prospects yet. But they 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 all recruit out of the same the same gene pool, so they they just got a lot of really good athletes, a lot of really really good athletes. <laughs> I know what you mean. I don't know if gene pool. I mean, I did the same similar type. Yeah, I know what you mean. Right. Yeah, I got you. I got you. Right. I got you. That's but I, I just think I think on that that I think when you look at a game like this where it's you know talent wise. It's even probably the nod goes just a touch to maybe maybe Tennessee or you know if you want to give it to Pittsburgh that could really go either way. So when the talent kind of is a wash across the board, you got to look for wh- where where are the game changing turnovers going to happen? Like where where is the defense going to come with a fumble or an interception? Right. Uh, Pitt, Pitt felt a little loosey goosey with that ball against West Virginia, and so I mean. And I and I, I if this game becomes you know Pittsburgh wins this by three or it goes down to overtime or it comes down to the wire like I that will not be surprised to me at all. I just think that Tennessee, this is their time to shine. Like this is the year they have to really bring that program to relevancy if they're ever going to make an impact or a splash in the SEC. Like this is a game that they have to do it. Week two ranked opponent, like got to get it done here. Yeah, good for Pitt for having like a cool schedule. It's been fun so far. Oh, so absolutely, I, yeah. Uh, I would say Iowa. I don't care. <laughs> oh, uh, you know, um, over uh, over under total is forty one and a half. Uh, I'm just not touching this game for one. Just it, you couldn't you couldn't nope. give me money to put on this game. I just nope. still wouldn't do it because um, it's not worth it because I'm not going to watch it. And I just don't care. And and even the under there, which it seems, I mean, if you're talking forty one and a half. I mean, each team scoring two touchdowns. Basically three touch, not even. I whatever. I math is not my strong suit here. Three touchdowns each, something like that. It just seems like too much. And I was favored by four. I don't know. I just don't know. And it's just that's. It's usually an entertaining game, but I don't know. It's that that Iowa performance last week was just insulting. It, it <laughs> listen. It's it's our 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 dear loyal follower Jaybird tweeted at us and said why like why should I not be taking Iowa here? This seems absurd. 
if we told him, we said, it, this, you know, South Dakota State is a good team. The, the Fighting Jackrabbits are a good team at the level that they play on. But Iowa is just so prone to these ugly I I don't even understand how people are Iowa fans. Like they paid money to go watch that. Well, it's, it's just nepotism. You got Ferentz who's been there forever now. His son's the offensive coordinator, and it's just like they like. I wanted to tweet. I was like, I wanted to tweet that they deserve better, and then I'm just sitting there and be like, but but do they? Do Iowa fans deserve better? I don't know. If they if they are okay yeah. with that and they haven't risen enough of a stick to get them out, like to change something, even if you take a step back for a season or two, like come on, dude. Like it's just horrible. It's just. Anyways, Petrus is a bad quarterback. Like I said, McNamara could go in there tomorrow and, and make that team watchable. Um, it's just not happening. So I don't know. Uh, it, it'll probably be entertaining. I won't be watching because Michigan State also plays it too. They play Akron, <laughs> who I think Akron would be more entertaining to watch than Iowa. But uh, Iowa's been shit on enough. Nothing we're going to say is going to you know, be funny enough to, to make up for how bad that was last week. No, so. that, was, that was bad, but... Um, what it is, and essentially to wrap it yep, up, yep, yep, yep. do it. Do we the have Gator like Trump. Obviously, it's yeah, it's Florida, Kentucky. Yeah. I saw enough from Florida to um to think that they're they're ready for this game. I think uh it's well, yeah. Florida, and there they are favored, so that's they, not saying much. They're they jumped up to number twelve. They were unranked <laughs> before the Utah game, correct? Yeah, but that's I mean, yeah. No, right. I know. I know. Like everything's relative here, but like they were unranked, right? Right. Yep. That's a big jump. That's that a is. big, big jump. But um, yeah, I like uh, I like Florida here as well. Um, yeah. I just don't see it. Uh, and it, they're playing in Gainesville. I think Kentucky's all right with with Will Levis. I think they lost some of their their star players. Hey, oh boy. Uh, right. Um, but uh, yeah, give me Gators to probably cover as well because I think now they kind of will have that swag for them where they just want to. Now they they'll buy into it. And as soon as you buy into it with the new coach and Billy Napier is going to really have them fired up. Oh. Um, I just think they're going to put their foot on the gas and then go for the throat for sure. Do this, the old is, this, is just rinse, this is just rinse repeat. Ooh, that's hey, that was a good animal factor. You're still, I like that Kyle. I like that out of you. Uh, this is just rinse repeat of what Florida, Florida just kind of goes dormant for We'll just keep the pun. It's like, uh, it's like sunbathing. Kyle. He's sun. They were sunbathing yeah, or, or like in the winter, they, they just kind of climb in the water and they just go dormant for a while. Like they just, you know, chilling, waiting for summer to roll around. And so here's football season again. This is just rinse repeat. Like as Florida, just, they refuse to change. They refuse to change the method. They just wait for the, the athletic once in a generation quarterback to come through. And then like, it's their time to shine. And I, I think it's a very real possibility that, Richardson could be that guy. Like I, he, he could. I'm not willing to say like Heisman level kind of kind of talent, I, but I'll say he'll be in the conversation. I'm. I'm I, I think he will too. I think he will too. Because for sure. And, and sorry to break out because because he's got all like they they're already calling him AR15. That's kind of his nickname. No, I don't, hey, I, I, remember remember he he disavowed that name. We talked good, about this. In, good. In the so, good for him. This is. But um, someone also spelled out Heisman. It's obviously H E, and then it's one five. Uh, so like he's already got that branding there and florida's got the brand and the budget as long as it's not a complete disaster and he keeps putting up good numbers i will put him in the conversation so Um, do we do they just do they just keep the number 15 gator jersey like do they just keep that in the back room until finally somebody comes through and they're like ah yes (laughs) it is time found him (laughs) yep um but yeah sorry and so yeah continue no, I, I just I think he, he will be. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he's in the conversation. I don't think he'll be at the ceremony at the, at the end of the year, and and that's just because I think as the season goes on, 
when he starts getting into the meat of that SEC schedule, I think people will kind of figure him out. And maybe he's he's a year removed. I don't I don't even know what his classification is as far as you know sophomore, junior, whatever he is. If he decides to play another year at Florida after this, like if he if his career doesn't take off and he goes to the NFL, if he sticks around for another year, I think then we're talking about a real chance for a Heisman. But at at the very minimum, you know what you're going to get out of him, and it's you're never out of a game with that guy at quarterback. Like a play's never dead. You're never out of a game. He's always going to keep you in the game. Like he, I think that they end up he's a know, they upset Utah, yep. right? Like they upset Utah. I think under Napier, just how kind of Florida, you know, historically has kind of had these programs, a lot of really good athletes, and they're just going to let they're just going to let everything hang out. Like they're going to you know bomb the ball. They're going to let him just kind of have free reign to do whatever he wants. So I don't think you know. I think it's a good game, but Florida does come out on top of this one, six and a half. I mean, you already said you'd take those points, so I'll take it with you. Solidarity, but uh, yeah, no, I think Florida has the pieces now, and I think they could be a very scary team, not only this season but kind of moving down the line in the next few seasons as well. Yep, I like it. Uh, last game I want to talk about is USC Stanford. Always a good game. Uh, USC's only favored by eight points. Um, I think they're. I think. I think it'll be close for a minute. You know, because Stanford has like a decent program and things like that. They played Colgate to open the season. Um, how riveting that was. Um, but you got Tanner McKee, who's who's a pretty decent quarterback. They have some decent running backs as always. I just, I just think USC is going to beat them by probably two to three scores, and so that's. That's gonna be added on my list. That's uh, that's fair, but now so I've done I've done some reading, Kyle. Now buckle up. We all know Uh-oh. what happens when when I start reading. Somebody uh in this was a this was a not this is a biased reporter. This wasn't from the Stanford or the USC side, but made a good point. Stanford loves to exploit the size matchups, and obviously USC has the better talent, and and they're built. They did shit on USC last season. So I I think when you talk about Stanford, you're talking about a team who they they know where they're going to win. If they're if they're going to win any aspects of this game, they're going to identify it well down the road, and they're going to exploit those exponentially. So I I I am with you. USC wins this game, but I and probably covers. I'll, I'll go as far they do cover. But I think this is one that goes well down into the fourth quarter because I think Stanford is Stanford can if they get the ball first and they they can score on their first drive. I think we're setting ourselves up for like the the West Coast Iowa game where they're just going to kind of drag this puppy out and see how long they can kind of keep USC at bay. That being said, USC's just it's just a highlight reel, and if, if things work out as they should, that it should just be a highlight reel game where they're just bombing things down the field and they're just scoring at will. But if, if they do let Stanford in this game and Stanford does score early or if they kind of go into halftime either tied or right around the tie, I think Stanford has every potential in the world to make this a very ugly game and just exploit the size matchups where they can find them. A lot of tight end play maybe. It depends who you have covering the tight end. I, I think Stanford makes it ugly, but USC does win. And, and I, would, I would subscribe to the cover as well. But I think it's going to be a lot uglier of a game than some people think. Here, here first. Uh, we forgot to talk about LSU Florida from uh, from last year. Or we kind of touched on it. Uh, that was a really good game. Um, I, I think wow. Florida State's pretty decent again. Um, and then a lot of Clint- weak one errors across the right. board. Right. And then, like in that game and just North Carolina State and Eastern Carolina, a lot, a lot of errors across the board. Yep. Got to get and, the jitters out. And uh, Clemson, Georgia Tech. Uh, Clemson looks fine. They look good again. 
Um, Georgia Tech, Georgia Tech's got to figure it out at, as coach. I don't think Jeff Collins has got it. Um, I do think Deion Sanders is going to end up at Georgia Tech. That's my prediction. That's that's fair. But you you think I got to we got back up or we think Clemson Clemson's all right. I think Clemson's I think they're fine. I think incredible. I think they're fine. I think D, DJ Ungulele is potentially going to roll out here two years in a row with the most mediocre performance from a highly touted quarterback. Uh, yeah, you love their offense is not good. Their defense is very good. Their defense is arguably one of the best in the, in the country. Their offense is not great. Lot, I, like, I, I'm not going to say they're going to be in the playoff by any means. But no, no, no. Right, I, right, right. They're serviceable. Um, uh, and then lastly, yeah, BYU-Baylor. I don't know. I Like I said, I'm very high on BYU, unfortunately. But Baylor's also good, you know. And it's it's it, But it's played out here in Provo. Um, BYU is favored by three points. Ooh. Over under fifty three. I don't know. I probably that's won't a, touch that one. That's a Baylor. That's a wait. You said BYU's favored by three points. Yeah, yeah. That's a Baylor money line all day, Kyle. Go ahead, go ahead and put that Is on it? your ticket. Absolutely. All right. All right. Dude, if, I mean, BYU. BYU is always good, right? Like it will. It won't surprise there. me. It will not surprise me if BYU gets out of there with a win. Um, but I do think that Baylor has. They just have to be better, you know. But I don't they, know. They will be. They, they, this is this is this is BYU's introduction to to you know what, what they're going to be experiencing right. in, the, in right. the Big Twelve. Big call. And I and I think I think Baylor's marching in here like Baylor's in a very good spot. Like people people forget, they're ranked number nine, right? Like that's just off the cuff. I have to look at yeah number nine. Like Baylor is looking at this as is an opportunity to like the, this is the season that they could feasibly do something. I think the playoffs is a stretch, but I think when you're talking about a, a fan base who has unrealistic expectations, anyways. They're a basketball school. Like football is just a bonus. It, it, Baylor's looking to do something here, and so I think Baylor money line. If they're actually favored, like you said, they are. Yeah. Be Oh yeah, BYU right there, right there in front of my face. It's Baylor all day, baby. Baylor money line, Kyle. Come on. Interesting. Very Go interesting. Bears. Bear down. Uh, whatever. Last thing. Last thing I wanted to mention. This was from week one as well. Uh, UCF. John Reese Plum- Plumley transferred from Ole Miss. Uh, he he is like every player I've ever created on NCAA, right? As the creative player, let me just pull up the stat line real quick. And now, of course, I'm like having a hard time finding it because I just had it pulled up. Uh, my God, he's just electric. He is absolutely electric. And I got course, you right here. What what do what do you want to know about your favorite player? Let me find it. <laughs> the, not the ACC. It's the AAC. It's so all right. So 10, 20 for thirty one. 308 yards, four tutties. And look at the rushing. Uh, let me get down here. Let me get down here. 15 carries for 86 yards and a tutty. <laughs> but pull up the highlights of this one, too. It's the type of runs that he had. And you're just watching. Uh, see, on my, on my, okay. So you're like, oh my net. goodness. The Google, Mine's... the Google image search just gave me the, the best. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> John Reese, I think it's Reese or Rice Plumley. Yeah. On mine, it says 17 rushes for 101 yards and a touchdown. <laughs> so we're talking 403 total yards, five touchdowns. Granted, yeah, they didn't play. They played like South Carolina State, who I also think is like a high school. But I just look at the highlights because I'm telling you, he was uh, he was electric. Listen, so. I, Kyle, I don't even need the highlights because I just went to Google image search after I typed in his name. And the first two images are him. You you hit it perfectly on the head. Wristbands, both arms, got the towel hanging out the back, got the visor. Like this dude's this dude is road to glory <laughs> in, in real life. Like this is the road to glory. And then the second photo is him just shirtless with 
him shirtless with football shoulder pads and then holding a bat behind his head because he was a dual sport athlete. Can you can you please just tweet that out real quick? Yeah, I absolutely can. Tweet it out. Uh, guys, this has been fun. Sorry, a little bit longer than usual. Like ideally, we would love to do like two two episodes a week, like one we recap and one we we'll, we'll get over. there next week. That's just, I don't know. I don't know if that's good. The one a week just it might just be a little bit longer. I just talk. I, if there's one thing I like doing, it's I just fucking talk all the time. So I can't help myself. We all know this. Oh, um, but it's been fun. I'm you know, I'm looking forward to week two. You see these big improvements. I'm looking forward for Michigan State to kind of like, you know, get up a lot and then just see some of the younger guys come in, that sort of thing. Overall, though, should be a decent weekend. And, and we have NFL coming back, which is nice. But um, just also, we have to, uh, we'd be remiss to mention, uh, we got to put a little bit of a moment of silence for the queen. <laughs> all right. Uh, and that was that. So, yeah, that was uh, week one, baby. Week two coming up. Name, image, podcast. Mike, is there anything else that you're looking forward to? Uh, like any any other themes that you think? One thing I also noticed from week one, punters have gotten really fucking good. I felt like every game had a punter down Ooh. on the one-yard line. Punters listen, kickers, I'm telling you, fair. we are in a golden era. No, no, no. Hold on, because the kickers did fuck up. There's two games in particular that yes. they, they lost punters. for their teams. Punters makes I, the most sense to me because like you're never going to be on the line to like win the game necessarily, no. but you absolutely impact the game in a way that like yeah the field goal kicker scores the points, but you no. are you are pinning the defense back or pinning the offense back. Right? Okay, but, but now we we we're just going to get ahead of it right now because one of our two loyal followers are going to point out that San Diego State when I get it San Diego or excuse me not San Diego State South Dakota State had a punt that I think was like net like two yards. And then Arizona was punting out of their own end zone and the punt, the punt block team, their own, their own blocker stepped in front of the punter and blocked it in their own end zone. <laughs> so, I mean, I get what you're saying, but there, there was a couple bad eggs out there, <laughs> but there's some really good punchers. So it, it um, yeah. 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 Kyle, here's the deal. So we're, uh, I am blessed enough. And when I say blessed, boy, do I mean it. Uh, I'm going to be in attendance for the old Air Force U right. matchup. And so I'm I'm absolutely perplexed on which way this is going to go because Vegas thinks that the Falcons are going to win by at least 18. I know. Brandon's really high on Air Force. so Brandon's high on something. <laughs> Brandon's uh, high. Uh, I'll, I'll stop you there. Uh, so that'll be fun. But I did like this is the, the in-laws or this is like I think their first well now we went to the Minnesota game and boy was that a that was that just a slouch. I think that ended up being like 14. Shout out 10. to the Lady Gopher. The Lady Gopher. Oh hey Sally's Lady Gopher, call me up. But any hoosers, this has the potential to also be just another complete dud. Like like this could be a yeah. 17 to right. three. Air Force is gonna like, get the lead, get the lead early, and then you feel like, yeah, we're gonna go for it every fourth down because it'd be fourth and one, and we're gonna convert, and we're, you're gonna have like four minutes to have uh, the ball. So, like, right. Like it's gonna be all right. So you march out there, go three and out, and then proceed to watch Air Force just suck every minute off the clock to just get four. They're just gonna play four down football the entire game. It's gonna be third and third and inches all the time, and they're gonna convert, and it's just gonna be that entire process over and over again but listen there's beer in the stadium i was concerned this was a new thing as of a couple years ago i'm not i'm not a air force aficionado so i was not aware they sell beer inside the stadium now as of like i think it was like 2019 or something so this is the saving grace that i needed because i thought i was gonna have to go mace the mic on somebody and just get absolutely shammered in the parking lot and then try to coast that out for the rest of the game but crisis avoided kyle i love it well this has been name image podcast thank you all 
thank you all for whoever does tune in and listen uh however many or few of you uh we appreciate it we like doing it we like talking college football mm-hmm. um week two is gonna be fun Oh, look at this. That just came up. Uh, you know you know my boy from Michigan State Basketball, Tum Tum. You remember Tum Tum? Oh, Tum Tum. He's the assistant coach at Southern Utah. So there you go. He's in the state, baby. Hey, just like Colin Sexton. Utah, what's good? Not a lot. I told him what's good. Yeah, Green Pig, baby. Shout out Green Pig. But yeah, we too. Come up. So tweet at us. We'll tweet some things out as well. Uh, get some get some juices going. We'll tweet out our picks. I still got to figure out exactly you know, what my what my three are going to be, which we'll absolutely lose. But whatever, we'll we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Listen, so we're all winners now, Kyle, because John John Rice Plumley is about to get four dollars and twenty cents off the jersey sale because I just yeah. not get enough of what I'm seeing. This is the most this is the most generic. I love it. Like quarterback in the planet. He's the best. He, I'm telling you, he's he's awesome. So uh, naming the podcast. We will. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Do it. Skip, we know Skip. Mm-hmm. Skip, I know Skip. Like that, Skip. Anything else you want to know about me, Skip? Mm-hmm.